Welcome back to Cowpunchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I am the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I am taking a Lee Van peep at all the people out there. I'm Amy McLeod. And I have cold, dead eyes. I am Melissa Huggins. And tonight we watched For a Few Dollars More from 1965, directed by Sergio Leone and starring Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Gian Maria Volonte. And this, this was wild. It had, this was a good one. It had it all. It did. It, yeah. <laughs> you, not only did you have a Van Cleef, you had an Eastwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every type of hat. Every yep. type of face. All of no, it. Not, not a hat too small no, to be although seen. Although, I will say, I don't think Eastwood or, and please don't throw me out of the podcast, the Van Cleef stood out. I think uh, Gian Maria Volante as El, El Indio stole this movie. Just straight up. Just just stole it. Like Ricardo Montalban in Star Trek Two, He just chewed mm-hmm. the scenery. Just destroyed it. Oh my it. god, yes. He walked onto set and went, this is my movie now. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm the star of this show. And we also had a Klaus Kinski. Just, you know, out of left field. Somehow. Here's a weird German. Here's a weird German man. It's got to have we'll a German. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We will take it. So, Amy, do you want us what, to tell us what happened in this here picture show? Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> so, I'm a level with you guys. I'm a busy lady. I mean, we're all busy people out there. So for this time of this time around for the summary, I decided to work smarter, not harder. Uh, uh, I know. So you're lazy? Uh, uh, okay. Is that what you're trying to say? I, I see your looks, inquisitive <laughs> looks. Um, but I'm sure you've heard about AI and how it's oh, kind no. of disrupting the way we work and it's going to revolutionize the economy and the workplace. So sure. Uh, I decided to have Chat GPT write the summary for today. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay. <laughs> for those who are interested, this is the prompt that I gave it. I said, "Write a humorous plot summary of the movie for a few dollars more." Are you ready? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I buckled in. All right, so here we go. In the Wild West, a bounty hunter named Manco teams up with another bounty hunter named Colonel Mortimer to take down a notorious bandit named El Indio. But here's the catch. They don't really like each other, and they're constantly trying to outdo each other in terms of who can be the most badass. As they hunt down El Indio and his gang, They engage in a series of ridiculous one-upsmanship stunts, like who can shoot the most bullets without reloading, who can ride a horse backwards (laughs) the longest, and who can wear the most ridiculous cowboy hat. How are we doing so far? Um, I think it lost the thread. (laughs) I think it lost it at backwards horse. (laughs) I was like, the first sentence is like, all right. Okay. Yep, not they, wrong. They okay. do have a competition where they shoot many bullets. That's true. Mm-hmm. And they don't reload, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the, the thing. Eastwood reloaded. He did. All right, so 
after all of that one-upsmanship. Along the way, they also encounter a cast of wacky characters. Like a one-armed bandit who plays music with his prosthetic limb. And a saloon owner who insists on reciting Shakespeare whenever he gets drunk. In the end, what? <laughs> Are we in my darling Clementine again? What happened? I don't know. In the end, they do manage to catch El Indio, but not before engaging in an epic showdown where they both try to shoot the bandit at the same time, resulting in a hilarious misfire that knocks them both on their butts. But hey, at least the job got done. And they even managed to begrudgingly admit that maybe, just maybe, they make a pretty good team after all. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna call that a. I'm gonna call it what it is a failure. Yeah. I was say, what do you think? How did it do? How did it do, guys? Because uh... after that, I was like, I don't need to watch the movie. I know everything that happened. <laughs> I got bad news, Amy. <laughs> Well, that's not true. I I was going. I was like, I don't need to watch the movie. I had AI do it for me. But then I was like, I should probably check the accuracy. So I do have an actual <laughs> summary. But um, and I I I had it write that summary before I watched the movie, and I was like, I thought this was kind of a serious movie. Like, <laughs> is all this shit really gonna happen? So I was like waiting for the backwards horse riding, and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> there there was crimes against horses in this movie um against oh, yes. one horse in particular but um there was no riding a horse backwards yeah Negative. and i was disappointed that there uh there wasn't any ridiculous cowboy hat one-upsmanships but no, no. i mean this t- two hats did get sh- uh shot a mm-hmm. lot but uh which didn't that happen in my name is nobody it I think might it have. Did. It did. Nobody kept shooting his okay. head off his head. And then I think he shot nobody's head off his head. I wish he'd just shot nobody. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting, getting we're getting, we're getting anyway. we've lost we've lost the plot even more than the AI lost the plot. <laughs> yeah. So I guess lucky for me, I cannot be replaced by AI yet. So uh, but Woo! <laughs> thought that would be a fun experiment. Um But as for the real summary, the AI did get the first part right is that we do have a Colonel Mortimer played by Lee Van Cleef and we have uh, Manco played by Clint Eastwood who do team up to take down a bandit El Indio so after that everything is just beautiful nonsense Um, but it had the first sentence right Uh, so Indio has just gotten out of jail he's planning on taking down the bank at El Paso because he's got some inside info from his cellmate about where the real, quote-unquote, real safe is hidden, where they keep all the big bucks, uh, is apparently hidden in an unassuming cabinet. Uh, I call... So, Manko and the Colonel, I refer to them from here on out as the Bounty Boys, uh, (laughs) decide to work this with uh, one man on the outside, one man on the inside, with Manko on the inside, the Colonel on the outside. El Indio's gang successfully robs the bank, which causes some more friction between uh, our two bounty boys because they weren't uh, super on. They're not like friends. They just both discovered they're after the same dude. And they're like, it'll be easier if we work together instead of try to kill each other while the gang is also trying to kill us. Um, But because of the successful bank robbery, it's kind of like, are you 
sabotaging this what's going on and then there's also some uh friction between manko and indio's gang because he was the only one who came back from his task alive spoiler alert because he killed all the dudes that were with him on his part of the job i was so confused as to what was happening i kept (laughs) thank god ben was watching it with me i was like what just happened and he was like explaining (laughs) yeah he's like he's like this is I'm a double collect cross. the bounty. Yeah. It's like, right. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting all these boys. So uh, they end up in a small town called Agua Caliente, uh, where they're going to they're going to lay low. They're like, nobody's leaving for a month because we can't have people spending a bunch of money or they'll know that we robbed. It was us who robbed the bank, which I feel like everybody knows it was them who robbed the bank anyway. But anyway, uh, uh, the colonel ends up in the same town and he gets his way into the gang as well by you know advertising and demonstrating his safe cracking prowess because he's like it's a special safe if you guys try to open it it go boom if i try to open it it go ka-ching we get the money so they kind of welcome him into the gang for the time being uh, the bounty boys later plot to steal the money from the bandits so that they can take it back to the town and get the extra bounty for taking the money back. Uh, and they also want to kill all the bandits and get their bounties as well. Indio, however, um, they, well, they get caught and they get beaten and captured. But Indio uses this to his advantage. He's like, you know what? I got like 14 people in my gang, so that's money going 14 ways. It'd be real great if it went way less ways. So he decides to pit the rest of his gang against the Bounty Boys, sets them free, and then uh, kind of stages a murder to be like, oh, they murdered a dude. Go get him, my my dudes. Uh, So that it's just him and I think one or two other people to split the money between. Uh, But of course, our boys are too good for that. They come back to town and they epic shoot out their way to victory. Uh, We end with a sweet gunfight between the colonel uh, who had said earlier, he's like, I don't care about anything else, but I get to shoot Indio. Uh, And we learn that uh, Indio was responsible for the death of the colonel's sister. Uh, So he had some had some history with uh, old well Indio. He gets some help from Manko to keep it a fair duel. He is successful and he leaves Manko to collect the rest of the bounty, all of the bounties. Cause he's like, all I really wanted was to kill that dude. I killed that dude. You go, you go on Manko. I, I killed him hard. I killed him dead. Yeah. <laughs> so a sweet, we end with a sweet gunfight. It was that was great. pretty, pretty rad. It was awesome. So before we get into too much, how hard did y'all have <laughs> trying to find a face? Because I have so many notes for possible faces. I, oh yeah, there's there's no one I face. Have, battle the face. I do I do have one that I did decide on and settle on, but I can I can tell you when we get to it what my what my runners up were. Nice. Oh yeah, it was it was real hard. It was uh, I have at least I have six actually. <laughs> I didn't count, but I'll, I'll have to count. <laughs> um, I can, I want to start off by talking about the music 
and the visuals. Uh, can we just say, like, this mu- the music, in addition to El Indio, like, chewing the scenery to the nth degree, this music carried the movie. It was so cool. The little, little oh, oh, ha, I love that. stuff like that. The, the biggest payoff, I, like, wrote it down, the biggest payoff for the music for me was <laughs> at the end when it is revealed, because the whole thing, like, how you know that... Indio and the Colonel are connected is that they have the same watch that plays the same little like tinkly music. Yes. And, uh, like they're facing off against each other and um, Indio is like, you know, when the mu- when this chimes stop, because with his watch, um, you know, we'll, we'll fight and then, and of course at that moment Van Cleef's gun is on the ground so he'll never be able to get to it. Um, but then Clint Eastwood comes up and he's got he's stolen Van Cleef's watch, which plays the same little tinkly tune to continue yes. the chimes and then gives him his gun so that he buys him more time. But the swell of the music with the little chimey chimes and like all this kind of stuff, I was like, I did, I think I went, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> to me, I was like, just the fact that this movie could make you feel feelings from what's essentially just little tinkly music box music like yeah like because yeah here indio's watch the music is about to end and you're like oh shit and then you hear the other one start up and you're like oh Oh. it's like oh shit (laughs) it's it's yeah (laughs) what a way to build tension holy shit so good yeah so good it was just and we've seen it, it, other movies with musical watches, so I'm wondering if there's... This might have been the first one. This was 1965. Okay. This might have been an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to talk about the visuals on here. There were so many times throughout this movie where I'm just like, this is art. This is painterly. This looks like a, like a Howard Pyle like, like illustration from like some sort of like pulp novel from like the, uh, you know... <laughs> early to mid 20th century it's just so cool it just these neat even just the way they line people up like this kind of shots they got out of like the bandit hideout and the abandoned church with the roof oh my off God, that scene was cool. the way the way they played with light and you know just how he you like they use like the scruff on these guys oh everyone like I just wanted to dunk everybody in a big barrel of water. They were so oh, yeah. grimy and gross and like like you could smell them. You oh, you yeah. knew what that smell was. And and the way it's filmed you can like it was like ugh The way hands are filmed mm-hmm. like just like just the variations of like clean, but everyone's got calloused hands and like dirty fingernails and just lingering over like uh, you know, uh uh, gun belts in, particularly indio's hand on the in the final gunfight <clears throat> when he like mm-hmm. sort of knows that once clint eastwood gives van cleef his gun belt um like indio kind of knows like my chance to kill this guy is now gone because i am not as fast <laughs> as him um yeah. but there's nothing i can do Right. Right. The likelihood of my seeing tomorrow has plummeted. <laughs> but it's also a weird, like, I mean, we can get into his character later, but it's also, I took it as him also kind of being glad he was. It was like, finally, I get to die. He's such a good character. 
Oh my god. Such a great heavy. He was a great villain. Like, what an awful man. But not like over the top, but like this is a dangerous person. He was a, he straight up gave me serial killer mm-hmm. vibes. Oh yeah. It's psychopath. Oh my this god. guy doesn't care. He wants what he wants and he wants it now. And he played it like he was playing it pretty big, but he didn't come across cartoony like in some some movies we see where it's like almost a cartoonish type villain who's like kind of silly oh yeah he was like i'm scared of him because he would have these moments of quiet like Mm -hmm. in particular i'm thinking of when he stages the murder and he because like they they take one guy's knife and they stab another goon and they release the the bounty boys right and he comes and just sits down by the body and just is kind of sitting there like picking his fingers or doing something or like playing with the watch yeah and it's just quiet it's jarring and then the guy comes out that they're framing for the murder and he runs off and indio shoots him and then kind of climbs up and is like looking down at the corpse and then when all the other guys come on he's suddenly on and he's loony and it's like oh shit this guy is nuts yeah he just starts like (laughs) sobbing and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like he just gives off that energy of like you don't know what he's gonna do in any given moment like if he's gonna shoot Mm -hmm. you or like pat you on the back Mm -hmm. you have no palm you palm you a hundred dollar bill or shoot you in the back uh, he had and i think again going back to the way it was filmed the way the light, because I think he has kind of lightly colored eyes anyway, but they look yeah. dark and cold and empty. And his like stare through the whole movie stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like the way, like like the one scene you pointed out where you know he kind of slides down that low wall to look at the body of the bandit he had just killed. And it's just like it was like the way one of us might look at like. An interesting butterfly that flutters by, like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Like he feels nothing. It's almost like he's right. trying to, mm-hmm. like, does this does this do anything for me? And he's like, nah. Nope. The lives of the people around him mean nothing to him. And that was all done in just visuals <gasps> and subtle things. And oh my god, faces. So yeah, I, that's mm-hmm. one thing I like in a lot of westerns. Is there are a lot of scenes where there is like no dialogue it's all done with body language or very mm-hmm. little dialogue um like the scene so in the like the first part of the movie is kind of showing how badass Lee Van Cleef and Clint Eastwood are as bounty hunters and the scene where Clint Eastwood just rolls up to that poker game and just deals himself in yeah <laughs> yeah like didn't hear what the bed was. Your life. <laughs> I know. I was like, this oh, is so oh. good. Like, jeez. So... And it was, I will say, it was also kind of neat to see Van Cleef in a uh, protagonist role. Like, a strictly protagonist yes. role. Because so often we see him as a heavy or strictly anti-hero. And he does lean into the anti-hero angle here today in this in this movie, but... He, he's got a purpose. And at the end, he doesn't want the money. It was never about the mm-hmm. money. It's about revenge. 
Yep. It was about put, settling accounts. Yep, yep. Justice. Oh, but I will say in the beginning, but, since this is Sabathathon and we love Lee Van Cleef so much, and it was really hard for me to not be like, Clint, stop messing with my boy Lee. I know. <laughs> Leave my man alone. Speaking of which, like he's ready to like like dissolve their partnership. And he's just ready to run off, and Lee's like, "Well, sorry, I got to do this," and then shoots him in the I neck. <laughs> and I mean, he is correct. Like yeah. he's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, yeah. That is that is what that's what it is. Um, I think I put in yeah one of my notes here from the beginning was, "Don't tell Lee Van Cleef what he can and cannot do." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he had that poor little guy, like, take his stuff and was like, take it to the train station. He's leaving. And then <laughs> Lee is like, put it back. And then this poor little man is like, fuck you guys. I'm out. I am leaving. Take it to the station. The gentleman's leaving. Hold it. Take it back. Get to the station. Go inside. The station. Yeah, you guys are yeah, crazy. He's a... <laughs> oh, I love that scene because I my, my I wrote a caption for that. I'd be like, Lee Van Cleef just watching this this man come in, and he's like, Am am I am I getting robbed right now? What is happening? <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Like the guy just comes in. Puts all of his clothes in the bag and everything. And, like, it's, you can see this guy's just nervous as hell. He's like, I I don't want to be doing any of this. M- mouth slightly ajar. You can just, you can feel the cool clamminess of this man's skin coming through He's, the screen. The sweat like, is, I'm like, dying. I'm dying. pouring off of him. I am going to die today. Yeah. <laughs> and Van Cleef just follows him out the door like, what is happening? Yeah, like, where are you going, little guy? Like, What the hell's going on? What are we doing, buddy? Um, I wrote oh, down that after... uh, Lee Van Cleef in this movie was evil James Bond. Mm. Yeah, the dark James mm-hmm. Bond. Because because he commits. That is one thing I am upset with him about. He murders a horse. Mm. Yes, he did. And, yeah. I was upset and with that. that. Is... Yeah. And that's another uh, visual I want to bring up is there was a lot of mighty pretty horses. <gasps> okay. Did anyone notice that Indio rode the blackest of horses? Oh my horses? god, and <laughs> I don't... Like obsidian. I do not remember <laughs> what step that horse was doing, but that horse, I'm fairly... Like, <laughs> it was, it's neck, was horse dancing. It's, its neck was round. Like, there was some dressage happening with like the way that horse was moving and i was like that's so pretty (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they were shiny these were healthy beautiful horses (gasps) the horse that van cleef rode also gorgeous Mm -hmm. like just beautiful chestnut colors Mm -hmm. yes there's a white horse at one point it was just mm. everything was just it's like they took the success of a fistful of dollars, and they're like, you know what? Let's just turn this shit up to eleven. <laughs> guess what? Yeah. Guess what, Eastwood? You you don't have a mule this time. You get a whole horse. <laughs> you get the whole horse this time. Speaking of a fistful of dollars, um, it's the same 
Indio. It's the same heavy in yeah, both movies. He's Ramon, think, right? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like he knocked it out of the park in this one. Like he was good in Fistful oh of Dollars, God. but in this one it was like he's like, Oh no no, no no, I'm the star. I'm I'm telling you, for <laughs> me he stole the movie. Yeah, he was an incredible yeah. villain and inc- just I was le- legitimately scared of this man. <laughs> yeah, and he was fun to watch. Like it was like I'm captivated by well, these scenes. And it was this weird yeah, and- it was this weird dynamic of like he was he was psychopathic, right? Um you never mm-hmm. knew which way he was going to go. He he had these like super manic moments and these super quiet moments. But then also, like, the whole deal with the watch is he steals it from uh, Van Cleef's sister, who he is assaulting, um, and she kills herself, right, Um, to get out of it, right? Um, And it's like they keep playing the motif of that scene overlaid with the music of the watch because it was her watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's almost like he's guilty and, like, haunted by her because her face, her picture's in the watch. And it Mm -hmm. has this weird dynamic of, is he guilty? Like, does he feel, like, guilt? Like, is this the thing that really sent him over the edge into this, like, insanity? Of all the times that he's unable to feel is this the one thing yeah like he's, yeah yeah because i feel like he's always been a psychopath oh, like he's yeah. always been like no empathy but it's like this is the one thing that maybe gave him a taste of empathy mm-hmm. and he's kind of like mm-hmm. and it, it's screwing him up because yeah it's like every time he's always looking at that picture listening to that music that's the the watch he uses to torment other people where he's like then the music's over i'm gonna kill you you know Mm -hmm. and yeah and that that in a subtle way kind of told a story which was very interesting because it's like sometimes they try to make villains more sympathetic where you're like oh i feel bad like maybe he's not such a bad guy he's like no this is a terrible man Oh right. yeah. Not every villain needs a, a redemption arc. Yeah. It's like I don't feel sympathetic for him, but it it gives this weird kind of depth to him that he's 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 not it's like it's almost like it's worse. Like he he knows he has done a terrible thing and he can't escape the terrible thing and it's eating him up. And it's almost like he mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do with that feeling. And it's just exactly. interesting to yeah. watch. Yeah, it makes him a much more interesting character that he's tormented mm-hmm. by this, but not in the way like a normal person would be tormented by that. Like, I think anyone else in a somewhat similar situation would be like traumatized mm-hmm. for right, life. Like, what have I done? Right. And like, you know, but he's kind of like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I don't like this feeling inside of me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like he is traumatized, but doesn't know why. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's like, "Why is this woman making me feel this way?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, haunted, <laughs> but so good. So uh, good. It, it just... I'm glad. I'm glad so... they. I mean, I thought Ramon was good, but I'm glad they gave. I'm glad they gave him this part because it felt like he's a really good mm-hmm. actor, and it mm-hmm. it felt like they really gave him something yeah. to do. Oh yeah, and. 
the inclination for a for a lesser actor would just to be like just play this guy as like an animal and he Mm-mm. didn't this guy is in control oh and you but speaking of who's an oh, animal yes. it's klaus kinski <laughs> that, that guy was on a leash I... like go ahead Stu. i was gonna say like the, like the way he looks at lee van cleef after he lights a um uh, a match on the side of his face <laughs> and, and he's just like like oh my god Klaus Kinski is going to bite Lee Van Cleef <laughs> that scene was so f- fun like because you know Lee is being an asshole like that's mm-hmm. that's a very aggressive thing to do and the guy turns around and they kind of have this like little f- fight like pissing match where then he's like he puts out the the match that he lit, and then he then Lee takes his uh, c- cigarette, and then uses that like takes his dear sweet time to use it to light his pipe. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> well, it, it it does it is telling because Klaus Kin- Kinski's character was known as Wild. Wild, yes, <laughs> just a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, but it worked. <laughs> Because um, Klaus Kinski doesn't... He looks like an ogre. He looks like a medieval ogre. Well, he also was supposed to be a hunchback with a really badly... Pa- like, someone went to a production of Richard III, like a high school production of Richard III, <laughs> and found the the hump suit that they use and just stuck it under his shirt. And he an just... An old throw right. pillow. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, I don't know about this. <laughs> To be honest, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize his character was supposed to be a hunchback. Same. It wasn't apparent in certain scenes. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, I was like, what? Well, because I think I like was Googling the cast. And I think in Google, it comes up and he is, they don't call him wild. They call him the hunchback. Which I was like, yeah. I don't know about that either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, not great. So, But yeah, that one I was like. I think Andy, we, I was, Andy was watching it with me, and um, he pointed it out because I think I heard them say call him like a hunchback, and I was like, "What? What are they talking about?" He's like, "Well, look at him. He's kind of got like a thing, kind of." Yeah. They they went to a high school production of Richard the Third, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they yeah. found the prop. <laughs> like this will this will be great. This will work. And it wasn't like. Even in all scenes, it's just like they like they got to the script one day and they're like, "Oh shit!" It says he's supposed to be a hunchback. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> We've gotten to the town, so I guess we'll do it now. <laughs> Klaus, Klaus, when you come back from your hotel, just bring a pillow yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't mm-hmm. worry. It'll be fine. I also liked so the scene where so when when Clint joins the gang, uh, he is sent with the distraction party. Uh, to get all of the the lawmen out of El Paso um, so that it's easier to rob the bank. And he goes with three guys from the gang and he ends up killing them. Like they spend the night and it's funny because it's like he's up with his cup of coffee and uh, he pours it on the fire and then ends up shooting all the dudes. And I was like, don't even think about talking to Clint before he's had his coffee. <laughs> right. He'll shoot he you. He will shoot you. 
That coffee looked vile. I know. I looked at I was like, ew. No, thank you. Because normally, like, you see, like, cowboy coffee in any of these movies, and they pour it in such a way, like, oh, oh, yeah, get, let me have some of that. But this one was just like, oh, what? Like, is that what, mud? That's not like, It's like ew. sludge. I was like, mm. It's motor it was oil. Starbucks coffee. Yeah. It, uh, no, it was it was Quaker State. Did you guys like all the one-liners in this movie? Because there were some so good, good ones. Oh, yeah. I have a so list. Good. Are oh, you yeah. ready for my list? Lay it on in us. In no Go particular for it. order. Um, when he's talking to the little kid, Clint Eastwood, when he rolls into El Paso. Mm-hmm. I loved that little kid. Just want to yes. say, I'm so That's, happy he smart, lived. Um, smart little but kid. I liked... That's the bank. As soon as I get some money, I'll put it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Kind of uh, being like, hint, hint. Yeah. Like, how about give me some money? Um, and then the bartender... Listen, mister, why do you choose my place to commit suicide? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then, that was so good. And then I'm sure we will talk about this gentleman who was not pro-trains um, at a later segment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but my favorite line from him was... I don't know anybody anymore. I'm dead. Understand? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then that was that was the king of the coots. Yes, I yes. think I think that was all of them. I think that was I got all of them. But uh, yeah, we have yet to talk about the best visual of this entire movie, which is Half Beard Man. Oh God, man. I forgot about Half Beard Man. <laughs> that was when they were trying to get. Uh, was How it did Baby I miss... Calloway? Was that Baby Calloway? Mm-hmm. How did I miss half Baby, beard man? Yeah. Baby, Baby Kavanaugh. It's early in the movie. Okay. Baby Kavanaugh. Clint Eastwood's trying to get the oh. nail on this guy. And a guy, like, you know, he assaults the barber, like, pushes mm-hmm. him away. And he comes into the saloon, and he's literally got half a yes. beard. okay. Clean shaved, clean shaven. And, like, three or four, like, weeks of beard on the other half of his face. It's just I strange. know who you're talking about now. I getcha. I getcha. Um, yeah, in the beginning so, of the movie, when you see the rider in the distance, um, and I think it's Van Cleef shoots him off the horse, um, mm-hmm. and you think it's going to be like Van Cleef or Eastwood in a long shot, but it's not. Um, uh, ben just goes, found a corpse. I have a fun <laughs> fact about that corpse. Oh. Sure. So the, the, the identity of our whistling bandit corpse is not, is, uh. The film's director, Sergio Leone. Oh! No way. Well, he was an excellent corpse. I thought it was a good deadfall off a horse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a long way to fall, it, yeah. depending on the it, horse. It is. <laughs> I've done it a few times. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I have not had the pleasure, but I've come close. <laughs> uh, another line that I enjoyed was when uh, Clint Eastwood rolls into town. He's at the hotel. And he wants, like, their best room. And they're like, no, you can't have it. Someone's already in there. And he basically goes up there and, like, it's so funny. You know, there's no gunfire, no nothing. He just goes up there and then you see this man just, like, run out. Like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I like, Let me check out. Like, oh, Mr. Gutierrez, you don't have to go. It's like, it's your room. You already paid it for the rest of the month. He's like, nope. No, nope, I'm checking out. And then Clint Eastwood follows him down the stairs with his, like, long johns. And it's like, you forgot these. These aren't mine. <laughs> Yeah, he says, he says, he's holding them up, and he's like, I don't wear these. I was like, oh, now we know Clint doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> oh. And then, and then, uh, and the wife, the wife of the, or the girl, Mary, or yes. whatever her name yes, is. Mary, um, yeah. 
Like, she's like, ooh. Like, she's all, like, hot to trot for Clint Eastwood. And her husband goes, like, the hotel guy goes, like, you're just dirty. And, <laughs> <Yes>. and it, <laughs> I just responded, you're just jealous. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can ogle him, too, hotel guy. Like, mm-hmm. geez. Right. It's young Clint Eastwood. Yep. Man, man, that man can squint. Oh, my yeah. God. He can't close his lip anymore because he's smoked so many cigarettes. <laughs> it's a permanent sneer. Yeah, he's got that scowl down. Like, the faces, man. Also, mm-hmm. we need to talk about Lee Van Cleef with a pipe. That was right? pretty cool. I was expecting the the, the, uh, the cigarillo or a cigar. But the pipe. But then he had the pipe. I, I like the pipe. That was cool. I feel like they were trying to age him. I mean, it's not... Compared to a young Eastwood, it's not hard to age him. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like they very much were trying to age him in this movie. They also yeah. tried to make him look more contemplative. I mean, in fact, at one point when he's, like, trying to break down what the gang is going to do or how he followed East, uh, you know, the man with no name at one point, I, was, I just wrote my notes, Detective Van <laughs> He's got his uh, Sherlock Holmes pipe. He's working it yep. out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Arguably a better detective. <laughs> now you're gonna piss off all the Sherlock fans out there. So My thanks. Gosh. Uh, uh, new uh, fl- newsflash: it's a bad show. Wait, the which books? one? People like the books. Which, There's so many shows. Which show? The one with Benedict Cumberbun? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Benedict Cucumber Batch. No, you gotta watch the old ones with the guy who was in Hello, uh, not Hello Dolly, um, My Fair Lady, who sing Freddie Einsford okay. Hill is the character he plays. What we really need good too, but I need to. What What we really need is to go back in time and get Lee Van Cleef cast <gasps> as uh, Sherlock. I Holmes. would watch that. So hell yeah, uh, Amy. Amy, rev up, the, uh, rev up the DeLorean. Mel gets some uh, plutonium 835. We're going back in time. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> as long as we don't overshoot and end up in the 1880s. Oh, shit. And needing to use a train and then having a school marm get off a train and like lose control of her buggy and just cause mm-hmm. chaos. <laughs> yeah. It's my only request. Uh, and, then, and then we come back to the current day and Hitler won the yeah. war. Yeah, I'm like, what the really fuck? confused. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that, Can't have uh, that Lee Van Cleef forced a train to stop at a stop it wasn't <laughs> supposed to stop at. And the conductor's about to give him shit, and he just flashes the gun barrel. And he's like, "Oh, you know what? Never mind. You know what? It's cool." Yeah, the railroad, the railroad loves to accommodate people. That is good customer servicing because you know, in your heart of hearts, that job does not pay you enough, sir. So just let the man no. with the gun do what he wants. This is this is before effective unions, so he's just here. You know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to die here. <laughs> Not yeah. like this. Yeah. He's like, how much do I get paid? Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not enough to stare down Lee Van Cleef with a gun. Oh, that was funny, like, because he's asking how far Tucumcari is, and the guy sitting across from him is like, this train doesn't stop there. You're going to have to, like, get off and then go back. And he's kind of like... This train's gonna stop there. Don't you worry, little man. Again, <laughs> right? He's like, <laughs> you don't tell Lee Van Cleef what he can and cannot do. Right. Leave my man alone. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef gave the the facial visuals that basically said, "Dude, sh- 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 shut the fuck up." He really I'm Lee did. Van Cleef. He shut him down with his face, which 
woodwork. And I was like, I was kind of confused. I guess it made sense in the end why he was reading the Bible in the beginning. I don't know. I was, I, I, it was just, just weird to me. <laughs> I thought so too. I was like, are we getting a priest Van Cleef? Like yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> I was like, oh, is he going to be a reverend? But no, he's a colonel. But then you find out this whole thing is about revenge. But the Bible Maybe never he's... comes back. Did they put him on a pale horse? I didn't think they did. No, it was a dark horse. I, I thought so. His was also, as I said, real pretty. Mm-hmm. A lot, all, God, all the pretty animals. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, this movie also had uh, ambient chickens. So many ambient which chickens. Which was fun. There were more chickens than and people. It... Yeah, I was like, this, these I'll towns just... are populated by chickens, and only chickens. Exactly. Buck, <laughs> buck. And uh, one ambient cat. Yeah! I remember the cat, because I have a note where I have, in all caps, cat, and I circled it. <laughs> See, I just wrote kitty. Because it just went, meow. <laughs> I loved that. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, the cat so leave. Yeah, the cat so leave and leave. was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I gotta get out of this movie. <laughs> Smart cat. <laughs> And Clint Eastwood. Oh, God. <gasps> Shit's going down. If Eli Wallach shows up, I'm just going to roll over. <laughs> so, did you guys catch the line where Indio, when they catch, when he catches uh, Clint Eastwood and he says, You shouldn't have shot the apples of that tree. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I like that. Because it's like <laughs> they had sent him into town because they're like, this town will just freaking shoot you. So you go in there first as like a test for your loyalty to the gang to prove how useful you are. There were, there were three, three bad looking dudes waiting for him. Yeah. But instead of shooting these people trying to defend their town, he shoots apples off a tree to show how accurate of a shot he is, which gave him away as not mm. being as bad a dude as the rest of them. Dun, dun, dun. Uh. Which goes to goes back to Indio being a calculated mf'er. Oh my god! He sees everything. He knew he knew they were bounty hunters from the first moment he and saw. And I them. like that that kind of gets revealed at the mm-hmm. end. Like you kind of think he knows, but you're not sure if he knows. And then when it's like, yeah. oh, he knows. And it is right, exactly. It's so well done. It's like you don't disbelieve it. Yeah, You're like, yeah he he would. Unlike some other spaghettis, were like, oh, I knew you were uh, gonna double cross me all along. Like, no, no, you, you didn't. didn't. Right. You, you... The writers are making the yeah. The writers are making this up as they go along. Yeah, but this one is because like the whole time, I think with Clint Eastwood as a part of the gang, you kind of feel this nervousness of like, is he gonna be able to convince these guys that he is a bandit? Um, mm-hmm. which was also nice that when Lee Van Cleef shoots him in the neck, he's like, yeah, that guy's never going to believe you if you go back there and say, hey, all those other guys died, but look at me, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things Indio did was check him for, he was like, oh, you got shot in the neck. All right. You, you know, you did all right. Right. And it's, it's like this weird thing of, of. It's almost too easy for Clint Eastwood to get in, but then stuff like that happens, and you're like, okay. And then the big plan of like, no, I just want these two bandit or these two uh, bounty hunter guys to kill my gang. This is actually serving me. It's like, Ugh. yeah. 
And it almost points to those moments where Indio is kind of judging him. Is like, was he playing it up just for his gang? Because if he let him in too easy, his gang would then be like, you're not like this. Why did you just let him in? Because mm-hmm. like, it was pretty flimsy when he first joins up. Because he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, you can you can join. And then he's like, it is super suspicious that all three other guys are dead and you just have one flesh wound. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like someone who really cared about a bounty hunter being in their midst would not take that. I think one of the moments, like the visual, like we were talking about visual motifs earlier. And I think one of the, the best visual motifs that explains like, his character is when he's playing with the bug while all of his gang are so it's at the end of the movie and all of his gang are out you know in the town and Eastwood and Van Cleef are slowly picking them off one by one and he and one of his lieutenants are in this house kind of waiting for Eastwood and Van Cleef to do all that stuff before they're gonna act Mm -hmm. right um, and he's sitting there playing, I guess it's like a beetle or something. And it's yeah. like, like, it's almost like a spider playing with a bug or a cat playing with a mouse kind yeah. of thing of like, he smushes his hand down on it. And then you see that the bug is, and also, sorry, rip this poor bug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. this. <laughs> um, R.I.P. bug. R.I.P. bug. Um, but then it's like, you see that the bug is still kind of half alive and he's like toying with it. And it's this, again, that weird focus that he can get on this, like, little mm-hmm. bug that he's playing with. And his lieutenant is, like, increasingly panicking. Like, yeah. Like, I don't yeah, think I need you like... in. All right. Get your game face on. We should maybe get the F out of here. Yeah. Like, uh, shit is going down. Shit, shit, shit is going mm-hmm. down. Right. Right. Gang is quickly being whittled. Mm-hmm. You're he... playing with a bug. But it's like. He is that again, that watching, that control, that like toying. It's like uh, uh. unpleasant, scary man. Mm-hmm. The the character we all point to in a good movie and be like, oh, this guy needs to die. Yeah. <laughs> he needs some killing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to uh, looking forward to uh, Lee and Clint Eastwood doing some dude shooting. And it was excellent shootouts. Oh yeah, so good. Oh yeah, just like fist, fu- like a quality, like short fist fights, uh, glares down gun barrels, just good I shit. I even enjoyed the hat shooting between Van Cleef and Eastwood. I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is fine. And I saw exactly what Lee was doing. Like he's trying to see how far Clint will do this to empty the gu- empty the bullets out of mm-hmm. his gun. And I like that when uh, it got far enough away that Clint couldn't shoot it, the first like it, he you know it was too far away for him to shoot accurately. That's when he's like all shitty and grit on his face, puts his hat back on, and is like, "I'll show you a thing or two. <laughs> Just shoots the hat right <laughs> off his head, and then what like shoots it several times in the air. It's like the amount of times mm-hmm. you shot my hat, I am going to shoot your hat. And yet, yeah. amazingly, neither hat had a bullet hole. <laughs> I think Clint's had some holes in it, but you're, not nearly as many like, as there you, should have you been. You should have been able to see through those hats. The yeah. amount of right. times you, they shot that. 
there should be a brief vignette where they go to the the haberdasher. Yes. <laughs> and I want to say about that scene. So that was kind of like the to to use a crude phrase, the dick measuring scene mm-hmm. between. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly and, what it was. It's yeah. not whose wrong. gun yeah. was bigger. <laughs> Right, like, okay, let's whip them out, boys. Um, <laughs> so they're kind of, like, sizing each other up, and, like, Clint comes up and just just rubs his filthy boot onto oh my- <laughs> Lee's nice, clean boot, which is just, like, really, dude? I Dick forgot move. about that, that they did yeah. that. Yeah. And then, of course, Lee returns the favor, and I thought it was, like, after that, Clint just fucking punches him in the face. I was like, you started it. <laughs> yeah, right? What the hell? It's like, clearly his his opener didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Because really, he just wanted to ask Lee Van Cleef out on a date. You know? Yeah. And his opener <laughs> was like, let me get some schmutz on your boot. Okay, you didn't go for that one. So now I'm going to punch you. Um, so was he just negging Lee Van Cleef? Is that I what was going on there? I think that's exactly what was happening. <laughs> he was doing. He he'd read one too many pickup artist books, and then was like, "Clearly, this does not work." Like, well, well, dude, Mel. No. I mean, to be fair, it did work because we did see them having a drink after all that. That is true. Yes. That is true. I mean, it might have been the hat shooting that finally. I mean, you know, took it over the edge. Yeah. I mean, that's how, like, you know, bounty hunters, you know, like, establish dominance in the Wild West. And after a time, if they both agree that they're on the level, then they settle down to whiskey. I mean, I've watched the uh, David Attenborough Mm -hmm. documentary about this. It's on BBC. (laughs) The strange strange mating rituals of the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That it it doesn't get nearly enough. Uh, you know, no. Uh, Rarely cover, caught coverage. on film. This was this was <laughs> a oh. treat to behold. Mm-hmm. The plumage, the plumage oh, yeah. too. Mm. Especially Van Cleef. Beautiful the brocade waistcoat. Mm. Mm. We are here in the Arizona desert. <laughs> We're seeing an amazing sight. Here we see the rare and elusive bounty hunter. Its hat black, brim flat. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, shoot. They did a lot of that. Oh, yeah. A lot of that. Uh, you ready to do some segments here? Yeah, sure. I think we will have a lot to say. Yeah. Oh, uh, Amy, you want to start us off with some coots? After all, he's not a bad old coot. Oh, man. Yes, I do. I mean, I think we all know the MVP coot. My God. Uh, was Prophet. <laughs> Who I also call right. the train coot. Oh, right. I called him the anti-train coot. With your damn good for nothing trains, your damn trains. Two, 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 three. Disgusting. Yes, I was gonna say mm. he is all about. He is full of anti-train rhetoric. Like he he could have sold his land to the railroad, but he was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is my land, and they're like. Hey, Prophet, that train is going to make you crazy. And he's like, well, we'll see about that. And he has been clearly driven mad by the train. Oh, yeah. Just, Without just question. the moment of the train going by and the in, the entire house shaking. <laughs> that Bill, was, was that a house? Was, was, that was a shack, that, excuse really? me. 
excuse me, the shack. <laughs> oh, it was a, a, w- a wood pile with things in it. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of glass bottles. Just <laughs> it was it, a heap of trash in the vague shape I of feel, a home. I, I feel like what they did to film that. I feel like that that was the most expensive shot of the movie. Let me explain why. <laughs> So you have this toothless old man in a bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, not a tooth in that man's um, head. <laughs> and then you have Eastwood sitting in a chair next to him. And then the whole house around them that is kind of framing them with these glass bottles and just, like, the collected odds and ends of this the of this man's life, right? I believe it's called my notions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they have the conversation about you know like like if you know if the railroad said that my, my neighbor would sell to them but i wasn't going to sell and then as soon as he says that the train goes by steam comes in the window <laughs> and the whole set shakes back and forth like they went and this wasn't star trek shit where they're like you know pretending pretending no no. the set itself is shaking and like east was sitting there like looking around like am i about to die right (laughs) why did i come in here why is his house built like on the train tracks like yeah i'm telling you that was the most expensive shot in the movie because they built that house and they built hydraulics just to get that like 30 second moment of the train going by get the shakes yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean prophet he looks the part he lives the part that is clearly a coot nest if i have ever seen one uh talks in genuine frontier gibberish Oh, yeah. Uh, and he knows everybody, which is an excellent coot quality. Oh, they no. either know nobody or they know everybody. I don't know anybody. I'm dead. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Sure, old man. <laughs> I like that he's been clearly driven mad. I like that, like that he blames everything on trains. Like, I was expecting him to be like, ah, oh, trains, this is a passing fad. Everyone's going to get sick of him. <laughs> he was amazing. Uh, the other coot I had, I called him the telegraph egg coot. Oh. Breakfast coot. Breakfast coot. He's mm-hmm. just trying to have a good breakfast. He's got an unreasonable number of eggs, but I don't know if he's going to eat them all at that moment, but he's clearly frying <laughs> some up for breakfast. Yeah, bef- It's the most important meal yeah, of the day. Yeah. I was going to say, that many eggs in this economy? <laughs> right? I'm like, oh. he must be a wealthy coot. <laughs> but he's the one that uh, Clint then has to kind of pester to send a telegram to el paso to say that oh they're robbing a bank over here Uh oh send all your dudes but he was a good telegraph coot because he's like i didn't hear anybody robbing the bank and i was just like at one point clint like pokes at his eggs like he's gonna flip it and i was like don't fuck with that man's eggs that's his breakfast let him eat his (laughs) eggs i think like with that uh I, i wrote clint eastwood can't cook eggs um, <laughs> yeah what was he doing just like... a bad job and that that poor i i think my favorite part of that coup was when he gets pulled back in the chair like well it's tuesday yeah <laughs> it's oh time dear to be tied up this is normal <laughs> just another day working for the just another day working for the telegraph company yep so those are my two coots did you guys have see any extra coots I do. I have one more as well. I, ha- Ooh. I have two, actually. Ooh, oh, my. 
the first one is uh, the first uh, station Ticketmaster guy we see in the movie, where he just he does exposition for the movie and he just rambles and like I think it's just, he's on his way to Kutum. He's rambling. He's just like, okay, okay, get to the point. Can all right, you know what? Just shut up. All right. <laughs> Which I think is like what I think I think it was was it Leaf and Cleef at that point? Yeah, it's just be like, uh huh, oh yeah, you know what? Stop. Just stop. Just give me my ticket. <laughs> That's good, Coot. And my second one was the bartender that says you that Mel pointed out is like a like you chose an odd place to commit suicide. <laughs> or no, what? Why, my do you, bar? why do you choose my place to commit suicide? He says. He was mm-hmm. my coot. He was my other coot. <laughs> That's a good coot. I, I want that coot to be my regular bartender. <laughs> he's right up. He's got. St- he's right up there with the um with the one bartender. I forget what movie it was. Who when they're like, "Have you ever been in love?" and he's like, "Nope, I'm a bartender." Wasn't that? <laughs> that was it, my darling Clementine. It might have yeah, been. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope, always been a bartender. Like, yeah. You can be two things. Yeah. You can be many things. But I, I feel like I feel like those two would run a really good bar together. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Them and Stella mm-hmm. get Stella from uh, oh, yeah. from Silverado. Uh, Silverado, and then you have like that would I would that would be a that would be a great bar. They, those three make amazing cocktails, mm-hmm. no of doubt. Of course. Mm-hmm. I feel like that brings us to the saloon search. Yeehaw, indeed. So it's like we had, I saw three main saloons. The first one was almost leaning into like the cla- like the classic, what we would call like a 60s Western saloon. Like it, it just comes out as that. But the, there's the, there's something about like all these sets that was tempered. They all looked lived in, you know, because I think one of the defining factors of like, like you see a saloon, like a 50s Western that makes it seem 50s is bright colors. Everything's clean. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the 19th century. No. Nothing was clean in this movie. Nothing no. was yeah. clean. Nothing. Everything was lived in. It's covered in dust and grime. It. Yeah, we've, we've been here. It's the frontier. We don't We don't have the luxury of, like, making sure, like, the, the wainscoting is properly mm-hmm. painted. Uh, the second one was a dive. Like, a bad dive. Like, it was filthy. It was smoky. It's just like, this, this place is a health hazard. <laughs> And then there was the Liberty Music Hall, which I think just tied them all together. Like, a good dive bar should be like, yeah, this is probably not the best place to hang out, but it's cool anyway. And I'm going to I'm gonna hang out here. As opposed to a bad dive bar where you're like, I'm going to get diseased and then probably shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> or have my ass kicked. Or maybe all three. We don't know. You never know. We'll find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really like the Liberty Music Hall. Uh, solid bar. I think it came in like an L-shaped. There was like uh, the brass fittings. It looked a little filthy. Uh, Bric-a-brac, pictures, brick walls. Just like, yeah, this is a place to sit down and drink. Have a cold one. Yeah. Uh, Beer looked good, too. Are you counting the one in the little town? The little town. The little white cantina. The cantina. Oh, right. The like, te- uh, either, like peppers or something that were all hanging mm-hmm. from the yeah. ceiling. Ah, uh, I can't believe I missed that one. That the taverna. Yeah. Yes, I would hang out there too. You know, I mean, I know they like disparagingly some... talked about the food, but the food actually looked kind of good. I know, right? I was, I was like, yeah, give me some tortillas. Let's mm-hmm. tuck into this. It's like he's eating the shit out of it, so I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. 
Dude, come, come on, Lee. Yeah. It's 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 called seasoning. Don't be Get a snob. Don't be a food snob. I mean, I think his probably was like, it probably smelled bad because they all walked in because they were the dirtiest of people. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You know they haven't showered in a long time. Mm-mm. No, water. What's that? <laughs> Fuck it. Does does this... I don't even drink the stuff. <laughs> water, fish. Fucking that. I'm not. No. That's like that's like in the Disney movie Moana when she goes to the ocean. Fish pee in you all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, at see. Does, um, this, does this take us to costumes, or do you have more to say about the sure? The bars? Let's do. Let's do. Uh, no, that's all I had for for the saloons. Let's hear about the costumes. So I think when everyone took their costumes off for this movie, they just stood up. I don't think they needed hangers. Um, because it was so grimy and sweaty and gross. Um, and yeah, like it was, it was, um, I liked that there was kind of a, like, like, like you were saying with the bars, like everything felt lived in everything. Everybody wore felt lived in. I like that. We got Clint Eastwood's iconic outfit from the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that he wore, I feel like they made him wear the poncho more in this one because they realized it was cooler than just him in the vest. Yeah. I don't know. Which, that was a cool vest. It was. But he makes he makes a poncho work. He made me want to wear a poncho. But that poncho me is too. what makes him stand out. Um, and I like the contrast between him and Lee Van Cleef. Like, Lee Van Cleef is just super polished and super neat and like almost fastidious um compared to him who's like a little scruffier but not nearly as dirty as the gang they were they were disgusting um my only complaint was they did that hotel lady dirty with that wig she had on like the false hair didn't they gave her a wig this red wig and then they mixed in this like other it's like they took another wig that wasn't exactly the same color and mixed it in with that wig and it just looked awful <laughs> it was I so feel like bad. They, they were trying to make her look ugly which i didn't appreciate no no yeah. i didn't like that at all and it was just like uh um but they they like it was just bad. It was just so bad. Um, but I want to talk about the hats. Yay! Okay. Yes. Specifically about Clint Eastwood's hat and Lee Van Cleef's hat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know Lee Van Cleef in this movie, I think he's just wearing the same thing he wears as Sabata. Yeah. <laughs> however, yeah. however, this hat... Like I thought Clint Eastwood, it's it's it should be a hat too small, but it's not. Um, but this hat on Lee Van Cleef, I think it's the way he was wearing it, because it's pretty much the same kind of hat that he wears as Sabata, but it didn't look as good. What did you all think? Hmm. Yeah. Is was the brim smaller? Either the brim was smaller or he just wore it on the back of his head. Rather than tipped forward. 
I think that was the main difference, but it was and it, so do you subtle. Think that was, do you think that was another attempt to age him up? That's what I think. Could be. Yeah. Because the hat also looked lived in. It didn't look, it wasn't that dark, crisp black. It was, it had started to fade. It was a little bit more gray. Um, and I think the brim was also upturned on the sides a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't as and, flat as Sabata. And I feel like it lended to, because you're right, he didn't look as like cool guy, like sliding into town with my cool hat. Uh, it, it did kind of lend more to his like, oh, he's a colonel. Like he comes from the military and is a little bit more stiff and not as super cool. And and it, mm-hmm. it aged him. Like mm-hmm. it, they very much wanted him to look like older. Well, and, and Clint Eastwood calls him like old man and he calls him like, you know, kid or, or young man or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Um, son, I think he calls yeah. him at one point. Um, but it, it, it was just so, we have now seen a Van Cleef for the Sabatathon in three very different hats. And <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how almost the same hat in almost exactly the same outfit on the same man, like makes him look 10 years older than Sabata. Which I think wasn't that mm. like in like the one we watched wasn't that like 1971, yeah. Right? yeah. So like six years later, Lee Van Cleef looks, I would say, younger and cooler in almost exactly the same outfit that he wears in this movie. Just the subtle positioning of where his hat is. I don't know. <laughs> it's wild, absolutely wild. Yeah, and that's good direction. And then too. like mm-hmm. Badman's Rivers, even later, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's 72, I think. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, he definitely kind of looks aged up. And he did mention that he was like, oh, I'm almost 50, which I wonder how old was Lee Van Cleef when this movie was made? Let's see. Go, I'm going to the Google Lee Google thing. it up. We're Googling it. I think I feel like I asked this same question last time too how old was he in this movie <laughs> he was 40 yeah. let me ask chat gpt <laughs> hold on how oh, old was lee van cleef when he filmed for a few dollars more what what does the okay, robot chat say GPT. He said he would have been around 40 when he filmed the movie. Not exactly. <laughs> around 40. I guess you're right this time. I mean. Lee Van Cleef was born January 9th, 1925. Okay. Um, but yeah, like he looked like he was much older. I don't know. I am. It is fascinating what they do with the hats. It's so subtle yeah. and so cool. Mm-hmm. Such a small thing makes mm-hmm. a big difference for the the character. Absolutely, it's like putting him in a bowler hat. He's a completely different dude. And he was. Oh and yeah. That, and he made that bowler hat work. Whereas this hat in this movie, he looked a little. I'm gonna say it. It was. It like took away from his cool factor. Little stodgy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, he's still cooler than, like, everybody else, oh, but oh, yeah. not as yeah. cool as he could be. Yeah. But, like, it's almost like he couldn't be as cool as Eastwood. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's supposed to be the, he's the star of the trilogy, the man with no name. Mm-hmm. So it's like he didn't, and that could have been part of it. They didn't want him to outshine Eastwood's cool factor. And then they so. just had <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dio come in and just be like, "It's my movie now." The dark horse coming in there of <laughs> Indio, um, a man whose heart is as black as India yeah. ink. His dark, dark mm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Bad dude. Dead now. Real dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the two most difficult categories of our segments. Shall we start with face or postcard? Let's do the face. He happens to be a sweet looking dude. Yeah, I have more okay. postcards than faces. Okay. Let me count my faces here. One, two, three, four, five. I have six faces. So I'll have to pick a favorite. Stu, you can go first. All right, I, I have six as well. Um, I think my face is Clint Eastwood lighting a cigarette while looking over uh, the swinging doors of a saloon with it pouring down rain behind him. That was just the coolest fucking the thing. The fake rain. <laughs> yeah. The f- didn't matter to me. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Dude's getting shot soon. But I, I had other runners up, like there is, uh, we talked about Lee Van Cleef and the train, where the guy says, really, the train doesn't stop here, and Lee Van Cleef's, oh yeah, face? Right. Is, is that a fact? Yeah. You're going to tell me when the train stops? I tell the train when it stops. K- Kinski's absolutely uh, look of incredulity <laughs> after having a, a match lit on him, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Just this animalistic look like, I'm going to rip you apart, old man. Exactly. Shaking with rage. <laughs> exactly. Um, there was another one, uh, a similar one, where uh, Clint Eastwood is also lighting another cigarette later in the movie, but it's like daytime out. He's just kind of got his head cocked at the perfect angle. And then there's finally Lee Van Cleef looking down, looking to shoot India. Oh, yes. Near- about two two hours, about twenty one minutes, somewhere around that. Just mm, great to lay it down. So good. It's beautiful. But yeah, Eastwood gets my face. Um, I have a tough time choosing. I think I'm gonna give it to Indio when he's on the the pulpit, kind of oh. you know gassing up his dudes. He had like his such intensity, uh, and I think that was some of his best faces from the movie. Because he, I mean, like every time he's on screen, I'm like, "There's the face, there's a face right there," like hard eyes, but they're like mm. that. You're they're kind of like a light colored type of eyes, which but the way they film them, they yeah. look black mm-hmm. at times yeah. where you're just like, "Oh shit!" Nothing. He's got a shark's eyes. Like a dog's uh. eyes. So he deserves the face because, I mean, like, from moment one, when they do a close-up on him, I'm like, damn, the boy's got face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my runners-up, I really like there was, uh, they did one for after after our bounty boys got beat up. There's a black eye Van Cleef, oh. which I thought looked really good. I know the one you're talking about. 
Yeah, it was like where they're kind of like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> like, And they look at each other. Just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And him with the black eye. I'm like, you you don't usually see him kind of beat up. So Mm-mm. that was nice. Um, I like Lee Van Cleef's aiming face. There's a couple times he's aiming his uh, special pistol and he's got good aiming face. Uh, and then when Lee Van Cleef is using his little spyglass, and he, he ends up seeing uh, Clint Eastwood looking at him, and he kind of has this little like, "Oh, <laughs> don't look at me!" What the hell? Is Lee Van Cleef taking a Lee Van Peep. <laughs> uh, and then my two kind of funny faces that I really enjoyed. I, I know it was supposed to be really scary and I, I guess it, it was, but El Indio's wanted poster. I'm like, if you knew nothing, if you knew absolutely nothing about this guy and you see this wanted poster, it just looks like he's laughing joyously. You're like, yes. what did he do? He looks like a sweet guy. I don't know. Yeah. he's to- to- Someone just told him a really cool joke. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> also probably not a good picture if you're trying to like, find somebody usually want a more neutral expression so you get a better idea what they look like but almost so how did they get that picture they they stop thinking so hard (laughs) i have a lot of questions they stuck his face on a photocopier and told him to laugh (laughs) oh wait they weren't invented yet oh the first photocopiers were invented or like the xerox machines were invented in like the 1850s so there was a brief window I, I can't remember who, who told me this. I don't know if it was Pat or Ben, but there was a brief window where it would have been possible for Abraham Lincoln to send a fax to a samurai. That would That's have been amazing. amazing. <laughs> I need that movie. <laughs> uh, but my final silly face is uh, as a way to get into the gang, Clint Eastwood uh, breaks another member of the gang out of jail. And he does this with some well-placed dynamite. Uh, but he basically climbs up to the bars and Sancho, the guy he's breaking out of jail, is like, what's going on? And Clint Eastwood just looks through the bars and he kind of gives like a little like, hey, yeah. like, I got you, <laughs> what's buddy. Going on? A little wink and a smile like, I got you, bro. I enjoyed that. <laughs> what about you, Mel? So I have... I have one face that is definitely my face, but I have like, I would say two. Now I'm thinking about it, I have two runner ups. One is the guy eating the sandwich in the bank. <laughs> Just because I'm like, sandwich. I'm like, I hope that sandwich is good. Also, I have questions about the security of this bank because he walks through all of these like barred doors to get into this room where the safe is. And Ben and I are sitting there watching it, and Ben goes, why is there a window in that really secure room? And the window has like no <laughs> bars on it. But this guy, he settles down on that couch and he pulls out a sandwich that is as big as his head and just proceeds yep. to chow down. And I'm like, and he dies. So I really hope that sandwich was good. Um, yes. <laughs> but that's my funny one. He deserves it. It's <laughs> my funny one. That one's for you, Amy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but my other runner up is Lee Van Cleef. Uh, you know, aiming the gun at Clint Eastwood in the hat duel where they're kind of like mm-hmm. going back and forth. Um, and he kind of has this like little like kind of shitting grin kind of on his face. I really like that one. Um, but my face is in the opening when they reveal Indio to us. And he like, because you think it's the other guy in the jail cell 
because it's just like there's there's two guys in the jail cell there's like one who is grimy and beardy and whatnot and seems to be in on these guys breaking them out right and then you sort of because mm-hmm. he keeps glancing over at the other guy in the jail cell that's like got the big hat and it like looks like he's asleep and you know but then the hat lifts up and you see those shark those cold dead mm-hmm. eyes and you're like no that's Uh-oh. the guy that's Bad the dude. guy and from like minute one that you see him it's like from that face that reveal i was like oh shit we're Chills. in for it yeah like mm-hmm. we are this is gonna be a ride um so that was my face the re- his his reveal under that hat with those that's like good... dead eyes i i think we're all winners here mm-hmm. yeah there's no losers in the face like it, the face was brought it was mm-hmm. hard to pick and like Clint Eastwood had some great ones it was just like it was good all mm. the classic like you get your classic Clint Eastwood scowls you get your classic uh, Lee Van Cleef sharp face mm-hmm. like you get it all yep. you get it all finally that leaves us with the postcard moment <laughs> And mine was towards, uh, I think it was about an hour and a half in, there's this moment where, I think it's after Eastwood shoots the initial three goons, and he's getting ready to get on his horse, and it's, I can't tell if the sun is going up or, or down, but there, there's these these purple and blue gray clouds as he's mounting up and riding off down the hill, and I'm like, that's a postcard I'm sending to Ma. Mine was, uh, so I had a couple, but my main one was Lee Van Cleef in his, it's when, it's right before they rob the bank and he's getting all of his guns ready and he unrolls the thing and he's got them Mm. all laid out on that purple cloth um, and he's sort of getting everything ready. Just the colors in that scene, the purple cloth, the him and his like brocade thing. Um, the guns, the the curtains, the bric-a-brac in the room. I just was like, that just looks cool. Um, and I loved... Uh, the other one that was like my runner-up was when I think they're all fleeing after they've robbed the bank and the sun is behind them and they're just going across the camera as the sun is like shining into the camera and the brightness behind them. I thought that was cool. My postcard moment was at the very end when you have Lee Van Cleef riding off into that sunset. He Mm. has just told Clint Eastwood, you know, partnership over, you take all the bounty, I'm done here. And he just rolls on out into the sunset, beautiful orange, his little tiny horse going off into the distance. Gotta love the riding mm. into the sunset. Beautiful. Beautiful. And my final, and my, to round my thoughts upon this, like, this movie was over two hours long, but at no point did I feel that. Um, I yawned a few times, but that's more because I moved two couches yesterday. <laughs> I, That'll do it. I will have to disagree with you slightly. Mm-hmm. I did have to watch this in two sittings. Okay. Because I felt it was a little slow. There were a few times where I'm like, we could cut some of this out. Um, (laughs) But I was engaged. I enjoyed it. The gunfights were great. 
Um, Mm -hmm. It was like, who's going to double cross, you know, next? And I could not, I just enjoyed watching um, Indio just chew the scenery. It was so good. Yeah, I would agree. It is, it is long and I, I watched it all at once and it did start to feel a little long, but it gets you with the gunfights, like, Oh yeah! All the action scenes are awesome and fun, and it's like, oh, what face am I going to see next? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, a classic uh, for sure. A classic mm-hmm. for a reason. I thought mm-hmm. it was just as good as um, uh, a fistful of dollars. I thought mm-hmm. it was just yeah. as good. I enjoyed it just as much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, it's known as the Dollars Trilogy, so Fistful of Dollars, a few dollars more, and then Good, Bad, and the Ugly. But nobody plays the same characters in no. any of these movies. I mean, except for except for Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah. But it, it, it sets a precedent for every other spaghetti westerns where you have similar setups, but, like, yes, you have one character. Like, so the Sabata films. There's a Sabata in each of them. but They're different. One is Yul Brynner. Yeah, one of them is Yul Brynner for some reason. <laughs> They're James Bond. He They're all James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm going to give it five and a half. I was going to say five it, and a half as well. I would go with, yeah, I would go with five. Because it doesn't get the full six for me because um, I don't want to watch it again right now. But I do want to watch yeah, it again. Yeah, but I could watch yeah. it again, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like Tombstone, I could watch that all day, every day. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> Yeah, just be like, what am I doing today? Watching Tombstone, that's right. Uh, it's our 80th episode. Woo-hoo! We are 20 episodes away from the big triple digits. Can you believe it? So, uh, again, this is, uh, was it really West? The game is two-part, possibility of 20 points. Uh, you get one point if you can correctly guess whether or not it was made in the United States. And then an extra point if you can guess the locality. Dun, dun, dun. So, Got it. And uh, uh, a western state is considered, you know, west of the Mississippi for the sake of this quiz. Fair enough. Except for Louisiana, which I count as the southeast. But anyway, we'll start off with our Halloween episode, number 71, Bone Tomahawk from 2015. Which... Was it... West. I refuse to watch that movie because I don't do horror movies. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. I'm going to say yes, West. I'm going to say okay. yes. Yes, West. You are both correct. It was made in the American West. I'm going to say guesses on where. Utah. I didn't actually okay. watch it because so, it was scary. From the trailers. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys were like, it's a horror movie. And I went, no. No, I'm good. Mm, I'm no, good. I'm no, good. no, thank you. Um, I read the Wikipedia summary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Utah. It was California. Ah. Uh, from 1939, Dodge City with Errol Flynn. Yes, West. And the jaunt. Yes, West. Yes, oh. West. Yes, West. Okay. So, so jaunty. It was. It was the American West. That one I'm going to say is California. I was going to say California as well. You're both correct. Because was indeed California. Like, they had to make three movies at once, probably. 
Speaking of three movies, here's a movie with what seems like the titles of three different movies all rolled into one. Um, from 1971, Heads I'll Kill You, Tails You're Dead, They Call Me Alleluia. Oh, Not West. Not West. Not West. Not West. You are both correct. It was not the West. Italy? Spain. It was Italy. Ah. Amy takes the lead. Uh, a, th- th- a real crowd pleaser for everybody. 1973, my name is Nobody. It was made in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not the West. Okay. Not the West. You're both wrong. Oh. I was surprised, too. Most of the movie was filmed on where? Arizona? That would be the West, Amy. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Didn't I say not west? I thought I said not. Yeah, west. you both. Yeah, oh, you both said, said not west. west. Oh, and it is west, so I'm going to say Arizona. So it can't be Louisiana. Okay. Um, as, as you said, stated. that's the I, southeast. I will give you a hint. Uh, this is a giveaway because the the scene that was set in New Orleans that was on location. Yeah, so that one. But most of the movie. Okay. Most of the movie was filmed elsewhere. That's why elsewhere. I said not west, Stuart, because you deliberately said. <laughs> Um, I based I based these answers on where the majority of the movie okay. was filmed. Um, Colorado. You're both in the ballpark. It was New Mexico. <sighs> uh, 1950. I should get half a point for being like it was filmed in Louisiana. I'll give you a gold star. I want half a point. Is that does is a gold star equal half a point? You can redeem it once you've collected several gold stars. You can redeem them right. for points. You know what? I've pl- right, I was a teacher. Th- I've played this game. I know it's worth nothing. If, <laughs> if you get if you get three gold stars, you can you can ask for me to uh, just give you a point. <laughs> the bad news is I'm all out of stars. So, 1950. Uh, uh, speaking of gold stars, here's ones for 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 sis. Uh, Trail of Robin Hood, 1950. Was West. it West? Yes, 100% West. It was West. California. California. It was yeah. California. Yeah. Where else do you have such dead Christmas trees? Because drought. Saddest Christmas trees. <laughs> this is totally the. This is totally going into Christmas time, everybody. Man, it's hot. Man, it's hot, and we're going through a drought because it's California. Uh, the one I watched but wasn't able to actually. Uh, talk about which was ironic because it was a silent movie <laughs> 1920s mark of zorro caballero night caballero night two shots yes caballero if you drink come free. in wearing a sequined cape you drink free <laughs> <laughs> not west wait west i'm gonna west. say also west yeah you're both correct it was the west california california California, Hollywood, California. That was a soundstage if I've ever seen one. Which yes. technically, <laughs> then it was filmed on location. Yeah, because it takes place in California. It does. As, as Amy is fond of saying, like, is it really you know a western if it's just current? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and it's just a movie. Like, <laughs> uh, 1952, High Noon. West. West. It was the West. Okay. Now this is the hard part. 
because it could it could have been California. And where it was supposed to take place in Kansas City? No. No, it's uh, I think or I think it's some random generic generic town. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Colorado. Okay. I think that's wrong. I said Nevada. You're both wrong. Damn it. it was Hollywood. Oh. Damn it. Uh, 1971, Return of Sabata. Not, Not West. West. Correct. Spain. Italy. It was hey! Italy. And it's all tied up again. Shit. 1971, Bad Man's River. Shit. Um, I'm going to say not West. I'm going to say West. Mel gets it. Damn. She takes the lead. Oh. And I think it's going to be Italy. Uh, Italy. It was Spain. Oh. And finally, today's gem of a movie from 1965 for a few dollars more. Not West. Not West. You're both correct. Italy? Spain. It was Spain! Damn it! Mel, you took... Uh, Amy, you had 10. Mel, you had 12. Hey! <laughs> I was like, those canyons. Those canyons. That doesn't mm. look like Italy to me. And the weird plants... Like, Italy's got some weird plants. I love the weird plants in Italy, but they don't look like mm. that. <laughs> no, it was too scrubby. <laughs> Franco's Spain. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, today we get an extra treat because Ooh. it is the final episode of Sabatathon. dun dun So I have the uh, long-awaited fan favorite, Sabatathon Quiz 2023, which I have named... A Western by any other name. Oh, God. God. I'm going to be so bad at this. (laughs) So so in this game, I will give you the title of a movie that we've watched, along with an alternate title that it was released as in another country. I have translated them to English where applicable. uh, And you have to determine whether or not is a true alternate title for that film. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. First up. Sabata, our favorite, Sabata from 1969. I amigos. Was this film also known as Sabata, the Terrorist of El Paso? <laughs> this is the first I movie? Say no. Yes. Yeah. No, Which no, I... that you made you made that up. <laughs> okay. The Terrorist of El Paso. Yeah, you made that up. I did not. Ah! That oh my title god! It was released as in Greece. Oh, <laughs> Greece. Okay. So I don't what? know if that is a Google Translate error on the word Paris. But what what does Lee Van Cleef wow. have against El Paso? And I do. Does believe, it even take place in El Paso? No, the town is called like Daughtry or something. Like it's not called El Paso. <laughs> I was about to say it's like on like a water tower. Yeah, like it's not like so. Anyway, all right. Question two. Okay. So this one, this is uh for the movie Adios Sabata. So the second 
film in the Sabata trilogy from 1970. The only one I haven't seen. Was this film? Was this film also known as Nebraska? No. Oh no. I think it was. I'm gonna say no. I feel like that's another western. Uh, Stu, you are correct. This also oh! was released in the USA as the movie Nebraska. Isn't there another Which is... movie called Nebraska? I'm sure there there probably is. I was, I was about to say, if I name a movie Nebraska, I feel like it's like a stirring tale of like survival yeah. on the frontier, like like a farm story, not like Yul Brenner shooting Yul from the Brenner's. Dick. <laughs> yeah, not you'll better shoot from the dick. <laughs> it's it's like that's gonna hurt, dude. The recoil on that gun is just—it's not gonna end well. Exactly. All right. So, question three: We're doing Return of Sabata, so the third in the Sabata trilogy. Oh was boy. Was this also known as, or was this also released as, Sabata comes to kill? think that's a different i think that's a different i think that's a knockoff yeah, sabata that's not, uh, no you both get it that's actually an alternate title for the original sabata in mexico oh, oh cool board. Yeah. hell yeah all right question four another favorite of ours sabata the killer from 1971 God, same year that return of sabata came out this is pee pee poo poo guy pee pee poo poo guy <laughs> Was this film also released as Viva Sabata, a cowboy on a spit? The fuck? I'm for the hell That's of it. That's too weird. Yes. Yeah. That's too yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay, that was the Denmark title. Hey! <laughs> what? D- Denmark, are you okay? <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> All right, question five. Uh, Sartana's here. Trade your pistol for a coffin. Came out in 1970. Uh Was this also released as, with Sartana, every bullet is a cross? Yeah. Yes. Why not? I'm going to say no. (laughs) Mel gets it. Damn it. That was the Brazilian title. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. (laughs) And then for our final question. Uh, so for a few dollars more, the film we just watched, okay. was this also known as The Man With No Name 2, If You've Got the Dollars, You've Got My Gun? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I... No, that's not... That can't be. You both get it. Though I will say the worldwide release title of For a Few Dollars More was in fact The Man With No Name 2 for a few dollars more which i you know I, they didn't need it i i actually quite no. like that it's like um a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more you know and yeah. then I, it would be nice if they could have had dollars again for the third one but the good the bad and the ugly is just that's a good title mm-hmm. uh, let's see uh, a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more um three for a quarter <laughs> They keep stealing the million dollars. <laughs> that that was a good one. That, they, keep they keep stealing the million dollars. I love that. I'm just imagining some hairy bank teller. They keep, they keep stealing, stealing the million dollars. You could say it was 
Salad. <laughs> Salad. <laughs> Salad. Well, you guys have tied. Hey. And, oh. And since Mel got a gold star earlier, I'm going to say that puts her over the top. Oh. This will be the wins both quizzes. This will be the only time I have a sweep. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice job, guys. I thought for sure um uh you guys would have gotten all of these. I was like, this is going to be too easy. So I'm glad you guys had a little bit of trouble with it. <laughs> it was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy because some the spaghettis, they're so weird sometimes. I mean, that first one, because I was like, I'll just go through, because a lot of them have some weird ones. And the first one, Sabata, the terrorist of El Paso, I was like, what the what movie were they watching? <laughs> That's kind of intense. Yeah, like, <laughs> he was the good guy in that one, I think. Right? I, th- I thought so. So, well, the banjo of El Paso. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, taking my my perilous quiz. It was a good quiz. Hey, uh, thank you. I'm just happy to be. Yeah. I'm just happy Same. to be here. Yeah. yeah. Tell them what they've won. <laughs> you win another episode in two weeks. Excellent. <laughs> He's, oh boy. Well. I want to thank everybody for for listening in. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, we can be reached at our email at cowpunchersshow at gmail.com or over at our Insta. Cowpunchersspod. So check us out. Uh, that's where you can check out, like, you know, our visuals that we've picked out here. We get little snippets there. But uh, anyway, uh, once again, thank you for listening. I am, as always, the Deputy Stu Kaufman. And I am still taking a little Lee Van Peep. I am Amy McLeod. And I still have those cold, 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 dead, dead eyes. My name is Melissa Huggins. Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. And I've recorded that, so please don't ever post what I've just said on the podcast.